0: You want to run something slightly different. D&D has been done. It's over with. You've had your fill of fighting dragons and slaying monsters and all those kinds of wonderful things. Well, let's be honest, who's ever going to get to that point? It's a great game, but maybe you want to branch out. Try something new. Run a second group, for example. Uh, What do you do? Where do you turn to? What other role-playing space offers you a huge amount of variety in terms of mood tone as well as a bigger kind of goal? Well, here's one for you inspired by our sponsors. Very seldom do I get super excited about a new RPG system. Often they're derivative, or they've come from somewhere else, or the mechanics are just so clunky to be cool and complex that they kind of get in the way of the story. Maximum Apocalypse, however, is not that. As sponsors of today's video, the rulebook that they've released to reviewers like myself before their Kickstarter, which launches shortly, check out the link down below, by the way, is absolutely breathtaking. I've been inspired to actually run a game based on the contents of this. I made a character in about 30 minutes whilst reading the rule book, and the character was so cool. I've got the notes next to me. A scientist slash surgeon who survived the kaiju uprising of the apocalypse and is now desperately trying to find their way home. This book is really great. If you are a post-apocalyptic fan, I strongly suggest you have a look at this Kickstarter. I know I am super excited about it. Hello and welcome to today's episode, my name is Guy, and today we're talking about a post-apocalyptic setting from a gaming perspective. What What is apocalypse all about? Well, apocalypse is about three things, in my opinion. It's about survival, it's about hope, and it's about mood. So when we look at these apocalyptic spaces, right? Humanity is destroyed, the world is over, and everyone is eking out a survival... That can be such a fun space if you have a system, a mechanic system in place that allows for it to happen. And Maximum Apocalypse certainly does do that. Now, I'm, I'm going to be referring to them throughout because, like I said, I'm super excited for this system. There have been other systems in the past. D20 Modern was a classic example, absolutely awesome example of a rule system that allowed you to kind of get on and do what you did. But that was, to a large degree, really just D&D 3.5 in a modern day or post-apocalyptic setting. So we look at, at survival. It's not just the survival of the player characters, it's survival of the race as a whole. Very few other settings require the players to be responsible for saving an entire race, whether directly or indirectly. If the player characters die, the human race has become weaker as a result of their death. If they succeed, the human race has become stronger as a result of their success. So there's a lot riding on a post apocalyptic game, which I think is absolutely critical in terms of giving the sense of weight which other systems and uh, not systems, other genres don't necessarily have. So there's definitely that to it. It's about hope. When you are out surviving in a post-apocalyptic space, it's not a pre-generated dark space like sci-fi might be. If you think of gritty sci-fi futures, the players don't really have a huge sense of changing the entire universe for the better. Whereas here, in a post-apocalyptic setting, if the players set up a little town around an oasis and they get generators going and they kind of start to restore humanity to where it was as a former glory, it gives us a sense of hope when they find that oil well, when they find the water reserve. There's that wonderful, wonderful sense of hope. And I, again, I'm not sure we get that as strongly in other genres as we do in post-apocalyptic. And then finally, it's about mood. I know, I know, mood can be applied to everything. You can have horrific sci-fi. You can have horrific fantasy. You can have horrific uh, Cthulhu. While well, I think Cthulhu, by its nature, doesn't need the, the adjective horrific. Um, You can have all of those different moods in the other genres, but I think post-apoc, again, gives us that wonderful opportunity to actually add them in and to have them really help enhance the sense of hope and survival. A funny moment in a cantina where someone is trying to get a drink and they accidentally use antifreeze instead of the regular alcohol, which is pretty much the same thing. You know, you can have these light, humorous moments interspersed within these truly dark and grim things where players come across cannibals and the like. I really think that with Mood, we can explore a whole lot of things about what the human race devolves into. And I think even in today's space where we're dealing with that whole COVID-19 thing, look at how people are reacting. Some are defiant, some are rebellious, some are accepting, some just kind of act as if nothing's going on. I mean, there really is a journey of human reactions that we can explore as well. So I really do like that. I do like that. So finding treasure in a post-apocalyptic space is no longer just, yeah, well, you find some coins, it's a plus three sword, to this, to that. Now it is something that has actual value in terms of the players being able to use it. In the past, one of the big challenges with post-apocalyptic type games is that you go, well, I don't know, how do you build a camp? How do you build a water purifier? that will purify radiation out of the water. Can you do that? Well, we can McGuffin it. We can, we can, you use a, um, an aqua inverter reflux Geiger meter filter thing. I don't know. I mean, you can, you, you had to basically be a survivalist in order to be able to do that. So we've all watched Naked and Afraid. I mean, we've all been there. We've all seen these survivalists trying to survive. I have done some basic survival training in my many years of existence. But we don't need to do that in order to be able to be GMs and to run it in a post-apocalyptic setting using the maximum apocalypse rule set because of the way they've broken down components to become currency. So really, treasure is now still treasure, but it's, it's a much more efficient way of saying, OK, well, to build a water purifier requires 30 components. What are those components? We don't care. How do they get assembled? We don't care. There's some skill roles and things that work and that produces a water purifier. So I think that works really well in terms of, like I said, supporting the story rather than slowing it down. This case is not mechanics, it's actual general knowledge of how to survive. So there is that. The NPCs give us such a big emotional range to play with. Some can be cannibals. They have literally given up on humanity and they will just kill and eat whatever they can in order to survive. Others can be noble and heroic and survive and be guides and mentors to the party. And I think that the important thing with a survival-style post-apocalyptic game is having lots of people and then having less and almost no people and then lots of people. It's about building communities, destroying those communities, having the survivors continue, build up some more, destroy. Remember, we're playing with survival and hope and mood. So for good moods, yes, we've got this, this little town, it's surviving, it's brilliant, everything is great. We have a couple adventures where we're building in those NPCs. We're really making everyone feel happy. And the next minute, the giant kaiju comes walking through and vaporizes half the NPCs with a blast of radiation. And then it eats at another quarter of it. So then only a quarter and our PCs survive to carry on and hopefully, hopefully bring us some hope to finding a new place to defeating these things. So, the mood can go in all different directions, and it's important that it does that. Now, finally, when we look at these kinds of games, something that a lot of people don't, I don't want to say include, but don't think about is what is the end game? In other words, the players are going to be struggling to survive, struggling to survive. Now, that is a theme that can become, after a while, quite mundane. I've struggled to survive for 10 levels now. I am kind of over struggling and surviving. When does it actually get better? And there is that wonderful moment that you experience if you aren't surviving once you've got your lean-to going, you've got your fresh water going, you've got your basic things set up where you go, wow, Okay, we've made it. Now it's about making it comfortable. Now it's about making it happy. And ultimately it's about rebuilding. So think about what would be the ultimate outcome for the post-apocalyptic survival space. So if it's giant kaiju running around and they are destroying everything, it is when the last one is destroyed. That is the end game of the campaign to a large degree. So you still plan these out as you would normally, but I do feel that you need to have a sense of the world changing over time. So we've had this catastrophic event and the PCs are surviving and they're doing stuff, but something is coming back. Whether it's the pcs, find a gully and there are little little shoots of new plants growing that have absorbed the radiation, and that there is a promise that there is hope for the future and that survival will continue. It's a theme that has to be there, but that 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 promise that your characters have made it and life is going to get better is such an amazing reward to give your players at the end of the campaign so they defeated the big bad they found the oil reserves the water reserves you choose your thing but that is what we're after when we are running a post-apocalyptic game those are some of my surface thoughts on it obviously i was inspired by our sponsor which usually is the case because we only really talk about sponsors stuff that we actually want to use in our own games so there we go it makes sense anyway until next time i wish you and yours the very happiest of gaming So as our wonderful Patreons scroll up on the side of the screen, Maximum Apocalypse was today's sponsor, if you couldn't guess. It is a Kickstarter that is launching shortly. Check out the link down below in terms of when and where and how you can sign up to follow this. It is an awesome, awesome role-playing game that I think is going to really be one of the benchmarks in terms of post-apocalyptic RPGs and is probably one of the most exciting systems that I've seen in a while because it's not that different, but what it is and where it's different it is different and it is perfectly done so anyway maximum apocalypse big thanks to them for sponsoring today's episode and of course big love to all of our patreons